Welcome, listeners. What's happening? We appreciate y'all for tuning in. This is Mike's on the Mic. I'm Darius Michael Snow. And I'm Mike Wong. And today we have another refined classic novel that we're going to discuss. Yes, sir. Let me introduce you to 1984 by George Orwell. Earlier this week, we were tasked with choosing one of, if not the most pivotal chapters within the book. And after much consideration, we ended up choosing Book 2, Chapter 10. And the reasoning behind our decision is that this chapter was less revealing, and yet it was a very important chapter that explains the main idea of the book. It also reveals a very controlled and surveillant society, a society that many people today believe our civilization is headed towards. Yeah, when you think of it, while our society isn't at the complete dystopian type area where 1984 is, you have to acknowledge the fact that, as revealed by Edward Snowden a few years back, People are watching us everywhere we go. The government is watching what we do. And the sad thing about it is, really, there's nothing we can do about it. Oh, yeah, just like in the end of the chapter where Winston and Julia get caught by Mr. Charrington, which he was watching watching them through the telescreen all along. Exactly. And, I mean, when you look at it from, like, a personal standpoint, everybody has a phone around us. I mean, what makes you know, not necessarily even the government, what makes you know that Apple or Samsung, or whoever makes your phone, like, doesn't watch you. I mean, it's weird to say, but, like, how do you really know? And, I mean, that's, like, the invasion of privacy and things like that. Or not not necessarily watching you, but, like, tracking what you do. Like, there's not really any guarantee of privacy where we are nowadays. And I say nowadays, but I mean past, present, and future, to be honest. Facts. And on that note, I think it's a perfect time to analyze Book 2, Chapter 10, of 1984. 30 second recap, go. Bet. Ashley, you go first. I, I ain't trying to go. You go first. Okay. So, all right. Hey, three, two, one, go. All right. So the chapter starts when uh, Winston and Julia wake up in their apartment and they all of a sudden noticed a woman outside, a young woman, and they admire her vitality and, and how young she is. But all of a sudden, they hear uh, a voice behind a picture in, in the wall in their apartment. And they noticed that it was a telescreen all along. And all of a sudden, Mr. Charrington walks into the room and orders them uh, to be arrested. And then they get arrested and taken to uh, uh, prison. And stop, stop. That was good, though. That was good. I'm going to beat you, though, but that was, that was good. All right, count me down. All right, yeah. Three, two, one, go. All right, so like you said, they wake up in the bed together, Winston and Julia, and then they see the red arm, red arm girl, and they're admiring her for her adolescence, you know, her youth, and they think about how while they're doomed, they think that the future lies in the proles, and they think that the proles can come across and, like, um, just change everything. And then uh, Mr. Charrington, who's been watching them all along, uh, who's really the iron voice, he catches them behind the screen, and then uh, their uh, Winston's beat, Julia's kicked, and All right, stop, they're taken stop, stop, stop. away. <laughs> All right, not bad. We didn't do that bad. But now we're gonna dive deeper into the chapter itself. So the main characters in this chapter are Winston, Julia, the woman, and Mr. Charrington, and also the thought police. The red-armed woman. I, I don't really think she's a main character. I think she's like, she sparks like conversation but I wouldn't say she's like one of the main characters yeah I agree same with the thought police exactly so how do these characters resemble the theme of the story 
Um, well, I think that personally, I believe that George Orwell's message or the message he's attempting to convey throughout this entire story is, you know, lack of privacy. You know, there's no true isolation in this world. Uh, you're never really alone. You're always being watched. Now, I mean, obviously, his way of portraying it is in a more aggressive, a forceful way. You know, this is a dystopian society of the future, which means that, you know, obviously there's harsher restrictions and they're actually literally watching everything you do. It's proven. But um, I think that this chapter pretty much, and these characters, they pretty much display the epitome of his message. They're basically, like, proving that there is no privacy. Now, I mean, like I said earlier, um, this is the future, but I mean, they, I think that this chapter is pretty much like the, the pivotal, like the climax of the story, just proving that there is no privacy at all, you know, even when you think that you're alone. Yeah, basically the setting is portrayed in the chapter, which is in an apartment near Mr. Charrington's uh, store, which is key into, in the chapter because that's, it portrays that Mr. Charrington had access to their apartment, which is why he could see them through the telescreen and hear what they were doing. Also, another key component to the whole book and the chapter is the narration, which is in third person. And it allows uh, the reader and the audience to see what Winston and Julia and all the characters are feeling and what their thoughts are. Facts, and when you think about it, um, overall, like you said, the setting and the narration kind of tie in with each other because the setting, I mean, it kind of, if you were in first person only, obviously, um, you'd only be able to see it from the perspective of who it's telling it. But I mean, with it being narrated in third person, um, you're able to kind of just key on all aspects of the setting, um, which allows the reader and the audience, I guess you could say, to just more so understand uh, the development of the situation, you know, um, from them thinking they're in a private situation, from Winston uh, believing he was you know, being secretive or living in secret um, the entire time, you know, everything just ties in together. So I think that uh, George Orwell's choices in doing so was um, very justified. Yeah, basically the combination is vital. Right, and I mean, he also uses several symbols within the chapter alone. Um, for instance, in the beginning when he's talking about the red-armed girl, uh, he talks about how, like, while Winston and Julia kind of, like, comes to the realization that they're doomed, their generation. Um, they also see the red-armed girl in her fatality, her youth, her adolescence is like, you know, while we're done, you know, we're, we're doomed, um, him personally, uh, Winston. Uh, the future, you know, the proles of the younger generation can, you know, overthrow the government, overthrow Big Brother, and, you know, just change society. And um, the red-armed girl sparked that realization, that kind of belief in him, and that's definitely a symbol of hope. Yeah, she kind of gives a sense of how everything's going to be okay in the end. But another key symbol is the telescreens. And they are basically everywhere. They're inside your house, inside your rooms, everywhere. And this symbolizes how the government is ever, everywhere as well. They see what you're doing, they can talk to you, and they can watch what you're doing. And if you're doing something wrong, they can always, like, talk to you. And call you out on it. And, I mean, like, when you think about it, do you see telescreens around, like, where we are now, if you hide in real life? No, yeah, like right now, there's nothing, there's always cameras out in the streets and all that, but like in private rooms, there's always, it's always private. I mean, take like, take like bathrooms for instance, right? Obviously you can't have cameras in a public bathroom, it's against the law. There's cameras right outside of the bathroom. And I mean, most of the times, like it's for reasons, like if somebody does something illegal in the bathroom, 
uh, is to see somebody who comes out. But I mean, like, there's cameras everywhere, like, and, and they put it every legal spot. And I mean, to me, I think it's just, it's not too long before they start trying to break that barrier. And that's kind of just the, the scary part about now. Yeah, but like what you said, it all speaks to lack of privacy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, when you look at the plot structure, um, at the end, it kind of foreshadows, you know, they're taken away and separated. And after, after they're beaten, kicked, you know, like they're, they're brutally, aggressively attacked and taken away, arrested. Uh, it really speaks as well to um, what you understand about the, the work, you know, not necessarily just a chapter, but the entire book alone. I think that this chapter, like I said earlier, is like the climax of the book because it really conveys the epitome, you know, like the, the emphasis of George Orwell's moral. Like, what is he trying to teach us from this book? You know, really, there's no isolation. There's no, tr there's no true privacy. You're never really alone. Um, I think that this, this book, this part of the chapter, in, for, for instance, is like really conveying that and you know it's, it also foreshadows uh, and introduces book three which is where julia and winston are locked up in prison so a question that i was asking myself earlier is what is the purpose of the woman winston and julia observe outside their apartment so basically my opinion is that she kind of represents how hope in a, in a way and how everything's going to be okay and they also mentioned how she's hanging laundry in, outside. And that kind of like rep gives Winston the idea of how she's immortal and how one day everyone's going to try to overthrow the party. But that's my opinion. But what's your opinion? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that more so like instead of her individual, I think it was more like the younger generation. Like I touched on earlier, I think that um, the symbolize, like the whole point of them seeing her was just like to ignite, like I guess you could say, like inspiration, um, and Winston and Julia uh, to just realize that you know, like like I said, while their generation, while the elder or not necessarily elder, but elder than the youth generation, is is doomed, you know, just under the control of Big Brother, you know, um, I think that that was just like inspiration, hope, like you said, that the future, you know, it could be different. It just all depends on like the pros, the younger generation, and how they react to the environment, the government. Which, while I know the book is a fantasy, it's more of a realistic type of fantasy. Um, it really makes me think: uh, is a society like 1984's a possible reality of the future for a country like London? So, London's controlled by what is it? A monarchy? It's, the monarch yeah. it's not a monarchy Prime anymore. Minister. The Prime Minister now, but I mean. Um, for instance, take, I don't know, say Mexico. Mexico is the president, right? Yeah. It's a society like 1984's A Possibility in Mexico. You know, um, I, I personally think, you know, with the way it's going, not necessarily in Mexico alone, more of like a, um, a I guess you could say, more of a government-owned, government-dominated country, China more so. Um, I think if things don't change, you know, I, I really think that something like 1984 is possible, like not necessarily too far away in a country like China, because, you know, the more the government has influence, you know, the less the people have power. I think that this is exactly what is headed for. Yeah, there's basically cameras all over the place. Uh, of course, not in public bathrooms and in private rooms and in, in your homes. But like, how do we know for sure that the government isn't watching through our TVs or computers or uh, our phones. How do we not know that they're not watching every move we make 
and how what we're up to and what we're talking about. But do you think that this dystopian society, this what it is in 1984, do you think that that's possible in reality? Yeah, I mean, it's basically headed towards that. I mean, like I said, there's basically already cameras everywhere we go, just like in 1984. Uh, it's not far off from us having cameras in our bathrooms and every and in our rooms. Precisely. And um, in terms of recognition, uh, while it, he, she's not in this chapter, um, I'd want to recognize the prostitute, and I mean, ill, but I, <laughs> I want to recognize her because, I mean, I know that we've been talking about privacy a lot and lack thereof, I should say. Um, but I do want to talk about the fact that this, this, this society, you know, it's controlled by the, the government, and they've pretty much just taken the, the happiness and personality, the pleasure out of everything. Um, you talk about how just... Uh, I mean, while the book is worded it, um, it's a bit graphic, but I mean, just it's just, let's put it at lack of pleasure. <laughs> it just takes like the personality of everything. I think that uh, it should be recognized how, you know, the big brother, you know, the government has just pretty much taken the purpose out of everything for everybody. Yeah, and I also want to recognize uh, Julia. She basically inspired Winston to do all the rebellious acts and uh, leading up to them joining Brotherhood. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, when you think about it, you know, the Brotherhood's their own way, and I mean, obviously, it wasn't what it turned out to be, but one thing that you got to think about, though, is like, if this ever happens, society like this ever happened for change, you know, rebellion always sparks change. You know, for every big change in the government, for every big change in society, always been a rebellion when you think about it facts mike yeah yeah that's mike's on the mic for you i mean we appreciate y'all for listening y'all um it's really thank you uh i know that y'all kind of had to but appreciate y'all for listening and um just know uh that we were here analyzing this book for the bettering of your souls so um this has been mike's on the mic cue the music please <laughs>